Hello, welcome to this Thursday afternoon edition of Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. We are almost to Memorial Day weekend. Pretty crazy how Memorial Day weekend creeped up on me pretty quick. I thought it was always next weekend, but you know, that just goes to show how stupid I am. Uh, as always, the show is brought to you by Built Bar. We still have that $10 off promo for you all for your first order uh, at BuiltBar.com, code locked on for, for your first order. Um, today's going to be an interesting show. So we've gotten a lot of NHL news on the last couple of days. Um, looks like they might be close to nailing down the format, though. I have my thoughts on the situation, which I will be sharing soon. But this came out last night. Elliot Friedman basically said that the NHL is working towards a 2014 playoff format. The NHL PA um, is going to be meeting tonight. I think it's at 7 p.m. meeting tonight, according to Pierre Lebrun, where a representative of each team for a player from each team is going to be at the meeting. They're going to just give their thoughts on the format. They could potentially approve it and it could, it could go through or, you know, they could reject it or they could potentially make some tweaks to it, which which is what I'm mainly going to be talking about um, today. There's a lot of things in it that I really don't like. Um, Pierre Lebrun also mentioned that basically um, a lot of executives and team players have been pushed back on the potential of that idea because um, one of the matchups for these play-in series that it'll be, there'll be um, four play-in series. Well, the Penguins will be the number five seed. And in this proposal, in this scenario, they will be playing a best-of-five series against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I wrote about today for Fansided. Um, I think that's kind of pathetic that the Penguins would have to go up against a team that's 15 points behind them in the standings, a Habs team that's 10 points behind the, the second wild card team in the standings, a team that does not deserve to get in. And the only reason that they are getting going to get in is because of money. I mean, you know, it, money talks, revenue, you know, they drive a lot of revenue. Same goes for Chicago, same goes to the Rangers. But you know what? The Rangers actually deserve their shot to get in because they were playing really, really good hockey and they're way less than 10 points outside of the second wild card spot. That, that doesn't matter to me. But what matters to me is the Penguins playing a play-in series against a team that, um, you know... D- they just, they just don't deserve it. Like, that's just the biggest thing to me. And um, read uh, Dom's article from The Athletic. It's a really, really good article about how the 2014 format kind of screws over some teams like the Penguins. The Habs' chances to get into the 16-team playoff go up from 0% regularly up to 40% to get in. They have a 40% chance, basically, to upset the Penguins, according to Dom's model. Um is that a pretty big increase? Yeah, that's a pretty big increase. <laughs> that's that's putting it lightly. And a lot of these matchups, honestly, they just they aren't good. I mean, you know, in the other matchups, you know, Carolina, New York, okay, that's cool for the Brady Shea Adam Fox storyline. Islanders, Panthers, not really. Maple Leafs, Jackets, okay, maybe that's a little bit interesting to see if how Toronto um, their fans handle it. And then the West. Edmonton, Chicago, again, that's a stupid series. Chicago doesn't deserve it. I feel bad for Connor McDavid that he has a play-in series. They're even closer to second place than the Penguins were. I think they're only a point outside of second place. I'm going to have to double-check. Nashville, Arizona, I mean, really? Vancouver, Minnesota, and then Calgary, Winnipeg. It's just, a lot of the, like, unless you're, like, a real fan of these teams, just any kind of fan of these teams, I, I guess I should say. I don't know why I said real fan, but just any kind of fan of these teams, like who else is going to watch this or other than people that, you know, get paid to cover the, the, the teams or whatever. It's just, there's just better ways to do this. And I touched on it in my article today. And I'll touch on it on my, in this right now, what you can do is uh, what I would do, the top three teams in each division. So six teams per conference get buys. And I say this because it, 
prioritizes placing top three in your division. I'm sorry, but a, a team like the Penguins, who is the number five seed in the Eastern Conference, should not have a play-in series with a team that is 15 points behind them and a team that does not deserve to get in. The same goes for the Edmonton Oilers. I touched on this as well. They should not have a play-in series with a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, who are also below 500 and do not deserve to be in the playoffs. The Oilers are, like I said, just a, a couple points, maybe one point outside of the second place in the Pacific. I can actually check that right now. And uh, let's see here as we scroll. As we scroll, um, well, funny enough, it actually says that they are in second place, but I don't think they have the best point percentage um, overall. But 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 still, like just the fact that like that has to. It's just that's just dumb, man. That's just that's absolutely stupid. And, and it's just, it's so funny that the Blackhawks, their eighth place in the Central Division, they are over twenty points behind the Blues. They're still gonna get in the playoffs. It's just funny. So. Um, like I said, what I would do, we'll just get back on track here. Top three uh, teams in each division get a bye. And then, so then you can have your, and this can be between the wild card teams. Have these bottom teams, the 24 teams, just earn their way to the 16-team playoff. Have them earn their way in. And what I mean by that is have the third wild card team, so the team behind wild card number two, which would be in usually with a 16-team format, have them play wild card team number six. So, um, whoever versus Montreal, you know, whoever versus Chicago, and then have the wild card four versus wild card five. Have that be a best of three, best of five, whatever. And then you can have those two series. The winner of those two series goes on to play wild card one and wild card two, who would be in the playoffs right now um, if, if it was a regular season. So then you can have those two teams battle the teams that won the first round of the wild cards, and then those two teams that win those two series in the best of five or whatever, they go on to the regular round of 16, and then you just seed it one through eight, who gives a shit, you know? I think that's the best way to do it. It's the most fair. Like I said, it actually makes it so those bottom wildcard teams have to earn their way to the 16-team tournament, you know? There is a lot of randomness that goes into a five-game series, three-game series. I think it's going to be a five-game series with what Pierre Lebrun and Elliot Freeman are reporting. A goaltender can get hot. Silly shit happens with officiating. Sometimes a better team doesn't always win. And don't get me wrong, you know, as a as a Penguins fan here, I'm, I'm sure you guys are like probably like this too. I don't think anyone is scared of the Montreal Canadiens. Don't please don't take it that way. I am not scared of Montreal. Carey Price has been no, nothing but average these past few seasons. Could he get hot in that series if this goes through? Sure. Yeah. You know what? If it happens, it happens. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. But I, I really wouldn't expect that. The Habs are really not that good. I think the Penguins would beat the Habs pretty handily, and I think the same thing would be of Edmonton and Chicago, but you know what? It would be so NHL if both of the 12 seeds upset the 5 seeds if this one that goes through. But again, there's a lot that has to happen. We have to see what happens with the NHLPA meeting tonight to see if they want to tweak it. Again, the tweak that I just mentioned, I think it would be really, really good. Um, I think it's more fair if you want to do the 2014 format. I think the most fair, as I've said so many times on this podcast and on my Twitter feed, the 20 team format, you have the 8 versus 9, the 7 versus 10, and then whoever wins those goes into the playoffs. You seed them 1 through 8. You don't need to do the division thing. I am glad that they are going away from the divisional garbage. Um, They're actually going seeding 1 through 8 for the first time and uh, since, what, 2012, 2013 was the last season that they did it, I think. Yeah, they moved the first year of the divisional thing, I think, was 2013 14. Yeah, 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 because that was the year the Penguins played um, Columbus in, um, and then went to play New York. Yeah, I was just trying to remember. So I apologize for talking to myself there a little bit. But 
Um, like I said, I'm really glad that they're doing that. So if this were to go through, though, let's just say that. So the Penguins, they would play Montreal. If they beat them, they would go on to play the Flyers. Um, I have to keep reminding myself that these games would not be in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh without fans. They would be in the hub cities without any fans. So, you know, there's really no home field advantage for anyone. And then if the Penguins were to win that series, they would most likely have a date set up with the Boston Bruins and a playoff series with them for the first time since the 2012-2013. But again, long way to go for this sort of thing. I just thought I would share my thoughts on it and basically... Um, share what my tweak would be for this kind of format. I just, you know, the NHL is kind of lame for doing this. You know, I know the only reason why they're doing it, you know, money, 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 revenue talks. But you know what? If that's the only reason that you're allowing these two bad teams to get in, um, I don't. So that's just not good enough, at least for me. I, I don't think that's good enough in my opinion. But I can tell you what is good enough, though, and that is Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars ever. They're tasty. They're a protein bar. They taste like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. My favorite flavor that I just can't stop eating is the peanut butter brownie. has 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Again, with the offer that I touched on early in this episode and a lot that I've been doing lately, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So for this day in Penguins history, a um, couple interesting things. So uh, this day in 1992, Penguins winner Kevin Stevens scored four goals um, against Boston for his first postseason hat trick with Pittsburgh. So this was during the back-to-back. This was when they uh, swept the Blackhawks in uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. So this was right before that. Um, and then the big one to this day, 2009, Evgeny Malkin gets his hat trick against Carolina, game two on Cam Ward for his first career playoff hat trick it was Malkin's fifth consecutive multiple point game in a playoff here and that, that tied a Penguins team record held by Lemieux who did it in 91 and 92 and also Crosby scored his sixth game game opening goal of the playoffs to tie an NHL record I actually still have the uh the hat trick loaded up on my YouTube right now so we're going to play the three goals that were scored by Evgeny Malkin and and uh, Joe Beninati's calls are just outstanding on all of them we'll probably hear the goal home for a little bit but here's goal number one from that game Valine comes over to cancel. Kennedy creeping out for the stop. We're not going to play the whole commentary here, but man, I mean, just looking at the igloo again, ah, oh, just looks absolutely spectacular with the whiteout. Um, this was also, I think, the game where. Um, Evgeny Malkin's family just became like a. So what's the word? Of this, what's the word I'm looking here for? Just basically, like, they're like they became national icons because of just how awesome his mom was in the crowd, just going crazy. His dad was going crazy as well. Um, I, th- I think they come to every playoff game. They've come to every playoff game as long as they make the playoffs. It's just awesome that they can continue to come for playoff games each and every year. It's just it's really awesome. So here's the second goal. This came. 4-4, midway through the third period. Cook, darting down the wing. Corvo keeps him to the outside. Cam Ward trying to help his own cause there. Didn't get the handle on him. Gleason is pinned to Malkin. Evgeny Malkin steps towards the front. Forced back. Indirectly 
ended his long goal-scoring drought tonight. Richter on the way! It's just, it's, it's just too good watching these goals. And I'm probably going to freak the hell out when I watch that third goal again. I, I've lost track, honestly, of how many times I have watched this video over the years just because it's so good. And I just can't get over the fact of how dominant Malkin was that playoff run. So we'll skip forward here to the third goal. We'll play that clip for a while because of just how awesome it is. And we'll get to hear just the entire call. So here, here it goes. Continue to produce enough of these little eye-opening, eyebrow-raising opportunities in the attacking zone, and it's a one-shot game. Malkin throwing his out. long call but just everything about that goal you know I probably have that memorized in my head for what four to five years now you know that my favorite part you know all me all the time just you know putting putting his hand up basically telling everyone to come to him his mom and dad are going crazy the late John Barbera you know rest in peace of course you know late Penguins PA announcer who just had some of the best goal calls just the way he was just able to do it him and he did the same thing for Crosby too Latang, just just about anyone you know Lemieux Yager he was just he was an icon and so yeah I mean rest in peace to him of course but also you know Joe Beninati's uh, call of that you know oh my word it's just it gets better and better each time you see it and just Cam Ward, he just looked stunned. <laughs> you know, there was nothing he could do about that. Considering Malkin, did, it was almost a no look. Just you know what? I'm flicking it at top shelf, and there's nothing you can do about it. And there really was nothing he could do about it. He just probably sat there and disbelieved. I would love to get to talk to Cam Ward at some point. And just be like, so Cam, um, can you just take us back through that goal and you know what the hell happened? And I would just love to see his response. And also the same for Dennis Seidenberg. You know, he was doing all he could do on Malkin, and Malkin just unleashes that no look backhand top cheese on ward and you know there's just no chance so yeah i mean that's one of the one of the greatest games i've ever seen malkin play that's the greatest postseason run he's ever had that's one of the greatest postseasons run in penguin history with how he he was just so dominant he 100 deserved that con smythe you know if he didn't go off like that that con smythe was going to go to crosby because crosby was insanely good that playoff round too. i think both of them had over 30 points that playoff run I know Malkin had 14 goals and 36 points. I'm just trying to make sure. I think Crosby had 30. Um, yeah, he had 15 goals, 31 points. So, yeah, I mean, that's just 
like I said, if, if Malkin did not go off like that, that, that Conn Smythe was going to go to Sid, and we could be talking about Crosby having three Conn Smythes right now. That's just how dominant he was, too. But, you know, that postseason was about Evgeny Malkin. He just took his game to another level. And between that and his Hart Trophy season, um, that was truly when Evgeny Malkin was the best player in hockey. And, you know, when he can get hot like that or even close to it, there are not many players that can just match how he's playing. There, 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 there just isn't. But I'm glad we were able to do this, you know, get this uh, moment in Penguins history. On the, like, the, I literally open up this video at least once a week, just, you know, especially during this time with quarantine because it is playoff time. Well, it should be playoff time. And just watching that just brings back so many memories. I remember where I was watching that and everything. I remember my mom and my whole mom's family just going crazy when um, it happened. So for this last little segment of this episode, there's really not too much else to talk about. We did see some interesting, uh, well, some awesome news, I should say. I don't know why I just said interesting news, some awesome news from the Penguins today. Uh, Mary Lemieux and Ron Burkle, they've donated $100,000 each to assist local institutions battling the coronavirus. The joint donation will be split equally between Highmark Health and UPMZ for programs related to the health crisis. So another reason why um, I absolutely love this organization, um, Lemieux and Burkle are just outstanding co-owners and they in a joint statement that provided by the penguins they said we are so proud of how the penguins players coaches staff and management have stepped forward to assist our community we hope that these donations can help pittsburgh and the surrounding communities deal with this unprecedented crisis so kudos to lemieux and burkle though donating a hundred thousand dollars each to that um just absolutely awesome stuff like i said another reason why i just love this organization also today, happy 23rd birthday to John Marino. It is pretty crazy that um, he's only six months older than I am. And, you know, he's a he's a rookie in the NHL, and I'm just here doing a podcast and a fresh college graduate. So, you know, two different lifestyles. But, uh, no, nah, I'm just I'm just playing around. But, but seriously, happy birthday to John Marino. He was having a hell of a season before the season went on hiatus. Um, he was definitely in my running for Calder Trophy finalist. He was – if, if this was up to my ballot, um, it would have been Cal McCarr, Quinn Hughes, and John Marino. Um, I know there's a couple other people you could put on there, you know, Adam Fox, Olafson of the Sabres. But to me, it was, you know, Quinn Hughes, McCarr. Well, of course, McCarr, I, I would have Cal McCarr winning. I think he, he's better than Hughes, and I think he was having a better season. But I would have Marino as a finalist, even with the injury time that he missed. He was just, he doesn't have the offensive numbers, of course, that McCarr and Hughes has, but He's just so rock solid in his own end, and I think the offense will come as he continues to develop. So, like I said, happy 23rd birthday to him. Many, many more for John Marino. Also hope he's able to have his first taste of playoff hockey, even though it's going to be without fans. Let's see, what else? I think that honestly might be it for content for this episode. I know it's a little bit of a short one, but I mean, I will, I will close with this. You know, there are some weird people that are like somewhat fearful of Carey Price. I know I touched on this earlier in the episode, and I've talked about it a lot on my Twitter lately. Um, I think people, you guys need to stop overrating Carey Price. You know, this is not 2014-15 Carey Price. This is not 2015-16 Carey Price. Those days are long past. I know he's battled some injuries, but even this season, he's not. he was not really that good. Even the past couple of seasons before he got injured, not not really that good. Um, like, and as I've said, yeah, can a goalie get hot in a best-of-five playoff series? Yes, it's very random. It can 100% happen. Would I expect Carey Price to get very hot with that team in front of them, with that team defense, and not a lot of high-end talent? I mean, there is still some decent talent on the Canadians, but not a lot of high-end talent. No, I, I really, really don't expect it. You know, if I if if it happens and I'm wrong, I'll eat all the crow. You know, you guys can blame me for the Penguins if they lose to the Canadians if this happens. But 
please do not fear Carey Price. I, I really don't understand the panic into doing it. And yeah, I'll just, I'll close that episode with my thoughts on that. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Penguins. We'll be back tomorrow, the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. And we will talk to you all then. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Remember to listen to the national show. Locked On NHL comes every Monday. Um, I'll hopefully try to be on that at some point in the next couple of weeks. Maybe see if I can reach out or whatever. And yeah, so we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. I'm not really sure what we'll talk about yet. Maybe we'll have an announcement um, on the proposed playoff format, or maybe they're going to be making some tweaks. We'll see about that, what happens with the meeting tonight. And yeah, have a good day, everyone. And we will be back tomorrow.